the best you can. Be a strong person. But God didn't say that. God saved me and he has, he has imparted into my life his very own strength. And I have found, like so many people, that we read of in the Bible and that we, we could get testimonies from throughout history, I have found the strength of God to be there when I trust in his word. His word doesn't always seem to make sense to me. I remember when God spoke to me about forgiveness and I didn't feel like forgiving. Anybody ever felt like forgiving? You, you don't really feel like it. It didn't seem to make sense to me. But when I trusted God's word, there was a strength that was there that was greater than any other thing that I had ever discovered. It is God that is the source of our strength. His word. Not my word. Not man's word. God's word. And strength that we experience also through the empowerment by His Holy Spirit. Sometimes you may hear people say, Oh, I would like to embrace the spirit of John the Baptist or the spirit of Elijah. I want to embrace the spirit of God. The Bible doesn't promise me to be filled with the spirit of Elijah, but God does promise me that he will fill me with his own Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to talk about today. Finding, discovering, drawing on that strength that God gives to us by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Some of you may have experienced a person or people visiting your home. And as they come into your home, their presence is felt. Maybe they're like Chris, who's very charismatic, very, very forward, very buoyant, very friendly, very in your face. And, and you feel, I say that with love, and you feel their excitement. And it's like they're electric. And, and you shake hands with them and you almost get a, a, a charge of electricity because that's their personality. And they leave your home and they've left some kind of deposit there. Maybe you, you have a nice one. <laughs> Maybe you sense, you know, that, that charisma, that electricity that they have in them. And it's left something within you. But sometimes that kind of fades. And you go back to your boring, dull, <laughs> lifeless, flat battery. But the Holy Spirit doesn't come to visit us. He comes to dwell in us. And so that means the power that he brings with him is always available. Always there. But I wonder, do we recognize our need for God's strength. We talked last week about the DIY Christian. Remember? Do it yourself. Self-sufficient. And sometimes I think as Christians, we can go through life fending for ourselves, relying upon our own abilities, our own strengths. 
our own gifts even. And sometimes we can, we can forget and we can draw away from the, the truth that God's strength is something we all need. I would venture to say that we need God for everything. I know I need God and his strength to help me as a husband, to be the best husband that I can, to know how to talk to my wife, to how, know how to react and to respond. I need his strength to be the best father that there is, to know how to, to bring up my children, to raise them in the way that God would have them raised. I need God to help me with my emotions, to know how to stay in a place where my emotions are not driving me. I can't do that myself. Maybe you can identify with that. I need the strength of God when temptation comes knocking on the door. Temptation to sin. My strength is not enough. I need God's strength. Sometimes those powers of darkness seem so strong. If I don't have the strength of God, I know I have nothing. Maybe we need the strength of God when we're in our workplace. And work gets tough. Relationships get tough. Maybe we feel provoked to respond in a wrong way when we are treated badly. In our own strength, we would respond wrong. We would say something we regret. We would try to suck those words back in. And we become aware that we need God's strength. And then we start to think about serving God. It's no good trying to serve God, to obey God, to do his purposes, to do his will in our own strength. To see God work through us. To bring his kingdom into this world. We can't do it in our own power, and our own strength. We must have the strength of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Empowering us for service, empowering us just to believe that God could use us to bring about his purposes, empowering us to pray with people, to witness to people, to believe for miracles for people. Man, we need the strength of God. We need that indwelling strength, ever-present strength, that we can draw upon at those times when the need becomes so obvious to us. And so I want us just to take a few moments this morning to look at the source of this strength, being the Holy Spirit of God. I want us to study briefly some of the truths pertaining to the Holy Spirit and His indwelling in us. Number one, the Bible says that every believer has the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not come on as, a, as an optional extra. It's not like you go into a, a car showroom and you decide whether you want leather interior or cheap PVC. You don't go to God and say, I'll have salvation, but I'm not so sure about the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of life. We have the life of God because we have the Holy Spirit. God gives us to Him as a guarantee of the change and the transformation and the regeneration that has taken place on the inside of us. The Bible says this in Acts chapter 2. Peter said these words, Repent and be baptized. Well, we're going to baptize some people in just a little while. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Hey, baptism isn't an optional extra either. Just thought I'd drop that in. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. Then he says this, When you repent and you're baptized, here comes the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. And guess what? God doesn't break promises. Every word in here is true. And he will keep it. And if you have received Christ as your Savior, you have also received the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of your salvation. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. That's us. For all whom the Lord, our God, will call. In John chapter 14, Jesus said these words. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's another sermon. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. So Jesus is praying that the Father will give us a helper that may abide with us forever. Guess who that is? It's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Now, you may have prayed sometimes and you may have felt that your prayers did not get answered. Jesus' prayers get answered. <laughs> okay? So don't go thinking, oh, this is one of those prayers that God didn't answer. Not so. Jesus prayed and he says, the Father will give you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Now, the world cannot receive him. What does that mean? Those who do not know Jesus as their Lord, those who are still of this world, living for this world, they can't receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're in a good place. If you're not a Christian, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. You can. You can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, be saved, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. You see, we're a church that likes to preach good news. Good news to every man. But those without Christ don't have the Holy Spirit because the world neither sees him nor knows him. Now listen, but you know him. Remember, we, we referred to this scripture when we talked about receiving the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago. You do know him, for he dwells with you and he will be in you. So where is the Holy Spirit? Now, the Holy Spirit is everywhere, of course. But where does he reside? In the life of a believer. That means wherever you go, he goes. It's no good thinking, oh, Holy Spirit, don't come with me because, uh, uh, 
you might not like where I'm going. It's going to come with you. So you should be careful where you go. Don't expect the Holy Spirit to change. Maybe you should change. But it also means whatever place we find ourselves in, in a place of need, where we need the strength of God, the Holy Spirit is there. We don't have to climb up to Mount Everest to find Him. We don't have to go to some temple to discover Him and hope that He will have favor upon us. He has been given to us. We know Him. He is with us. His strength is always there. Amen? Amen. That was a good place to shout praise God. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about this power, this strength of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 1, this is amazing. Here is a young 16-year-old girl, maybe 16, somewhere around there. The Bible doesn't say. And, and an angel appears to her. Her name is Mary. And says, uh, Mary, you're going to conceive a child. And that child is going to be the savior of the world. Oh, can you imagine how she felt? Hey? I don't know if we've got any 16-year-olds here. Imagine an angel appearing to you and saying, you're going to have a baby. The baby's going to be the savior of the world. By the way, if an angel comes and says that to you, it's not an angel of God, okay? But can you, can you imagine how Mary felt? By the way, by the way, why did God pick Mary? Ever thought that? Well, there's one good reason, that's because she was a virgin. What does that say to us? Let's make sure we're always ready for God to be able to pick us. You see, Mary had kept herself sexually clean. She was a virgin. She didn't know a man sexually. God needed a virgin, and he knew he could rely on her. What is it that God needs to do through you? And is your life in a place where God can come to you and say, I need you to do this for me. Let's make sure we're always ready. But this is what the angel said. Mary said, well, how can this be? And the angel said, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One that will be born will be called the Son of God. Here is the Holy Spirit who has the power, the strength, the ability to cause this young virgin to conceive. Not just any baby. That would be miraculous, yeah? Come on. I hope you're with me. That would be miraculous. Do we have to do a biology lesson here and explain that that normally doesn't happen that way? No? Good. That would have been miraculous. But here is the enormity of that miracle. The child that she would bear and give birth to was the very Son of God. Now, listen, if the Holy Spirit can do that, don't you think he could help you in your time of need, in your place of weakness, when you have need of strength? If he can cause this young girl to conceive the Holy, the, the holy Child, surely... He can help you. I would say, yes, amen, he can. Let's look at another scripture here. Here is Ephesians chapter 1, and Paul writes to this church. He says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, that's a good thing for people to hear about, in the Lord Jesus 
and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, opened. Why? So that you may know, this is what he wants us to know, what is the hope of his calling. Here we go again. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints? Put your seatbelts on here. And what is the exceeding greatness, not just greatness, that would be amazing. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Hmm. The exceeding greatness of the power of God is resident on the inside of you right now. Whoa! That was another good place to shout praise God. I mean, this truth has just got to permeate into our being. Someone that said it, somebody said it this way once. They actually pointed, it was either to my daughter Jenny or my other daughter Jane, and said to, when when, when they were much younger, and she may not remember this, but they said this, you have more power in your little pinky than all the forces of hell put together. We do. Because the Holy Spirit, in all of his power, resides in every single believer. The exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. We saw that in Mary, the Spirit of God had the power to create life. We see here that it was the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, and that same power my friends, my brothers, my sisters, my believers, is at work in you today. God, it's a job to contain it, isn't it? Same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you and me. Whoa! Now, we don't go by feelings, but that makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. That's available to us. Not just, you know, for the raising of dead, or I believe in that, or the healings and the miracles, but for the the things that we need in our everyday life. Some of us need God's power just to get up out of bed in the morning. Oh, not another day. I can't face another day. On your own, you can't. But when the power of the Holy Spirit fills you, you say, bring it on. Come on. Make my day. And the Holy Spirit surges through you. And the demons scream in horror because you've woke up. 
Sometimes I think we wake up and, and we're ducking and diving and we're trying to avoid the demons. They should be running from us. Come on. We've been given that authority. We have the power of God living on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's look at this power at work. Hallelujah. In, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with who? The Holy Spirit. And with what? Power. Same thing, the Holy Spirit is power. Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he didn't just sit in some closet praying the kingdom of God into being. He went out there and did something about it. It says he went about doing good. Healing all those who were oppressed or living under the power of the devil. Come on, as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid of the demons and the devils and the powers of darkness. We should be going out there delivering people from them. Oh, well, I'm just a quiet, little, timid Christian. Oh. <laughs> How do you contain the power of the Holy Spirit? You just don't want it. You just don't believe in it. Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good everywhere. Some of us struggle to do one good thing a day. Jesus went about doing good everywhere. And delivering those who were under the power of, of the devil. Why? Because he was a good preacher. No. Because he was a rabbi. No. Because he was born of a virgin. No. Because God was with him. And guess what? God's with you. Amen? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, I was with you in weakness and in fear. How many of you have felt weakness and fear? Both my hands and both my feet are up. <laughs> up in there. And as we said last week, it's not a bad thing to understand and recognize our own weakness. Because in our weaknesses, then God's strength can be made perfect. Paul says, I was with you in weakness and fear and trembling, much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Some of you may say, I, I wish I could be like the Apostle Paul. You can. If you want, we'll even change your name. But you can because you have the spirit of power living and dwelling on the inside of you. We may not call you the Apostle Paul. But the world is big enough still and there's enough There's enough. Darkness that still prevails for there to be a whole host of Apostle Pauls going out there, planting churches, establishing the kingdom of God, pushing back the boundaries of darkness, plundering the gates of hell and populating heaven. Amen. Can you imagine if we all walked out of this place today supercharged with the power of heaven, the power of God? You walk up to someone on the street who's, who's walking in, in darkness and sin and despair and you lay your hand on your shoulder and say, can I pray with you that God's power would touch you and lift you out of this place? God speaks through you. Praise God. 
He says, I was amongst you demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I seek daily to live in the power of God. I ask God to give me this every day because I know that he's, he has given me the Holy Spirit that his power may be seen and manifest on the earth today. So what is this power and strength for? 2 Peter 1 verses 3 and 4 says, His divine power has given us everything we need. Well, that's pretty big. Everything we need for life and godliness. So if there's anybody sitting here this morning thinking, yeah, well, God's strength is okay for everything except the problems I've got. God just doesn't understand my problems. He hasn't been through what I've been through. He's not experiencing what I'm experiencing. And so the power of God can't help me. Well, here's a good verse for you. Be encouraged. This is good news. It would be sad if I came to you and said, you're absolutely right. There's nothing God can do for you. I just hope you find some other means of getting through the day. But I'm not going to tell you that because the Bible says his divine power has given us everything we need for life. Your bank account may not have everything you need for life. huh? Your intellect may not have everything it needs for life. Your experience, your abilities, your strength may not have everything. But God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. I can't stop sinning. Yes, you can. The power of the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And if you will just tap into that, if you will just plug the, the, the lead of your life into that, there's power there to meet that need, to break that power of sin. Through, I'm getting so excited, I've lost my place. <laughs> Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. I love that, the promises of God. And not little ditty-bitty ones that you find on those fortune cookies. These are great and precious promises so that through them you might participate in the divine nature, the nature of God. That's how we tap into the nature of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So we tap into his divine nature, and that means we can escape the corruption of this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. What do we want this strength for? What do we need it for? Here in Acts chapter 1, he says, But you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to people about Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter whether by nature you're a shy and timid person. It's not down to you. It doesn't matter whether your knees knock when you start to talk to unbelievers. It's not down to you. It doesn't matter whether you, whether you even stutter, whether you can string two sentences together coherently. It's not down to you. If you'll just step out, the power of God will be there because he has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to be his witnesses. Here we go, one of my very favorite scriptures in the Bible, Colossians chapter 1. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy. This is what God's power has been given to us. This is what the strength of the Holy Spirit 
is given to us for that we may walk worthy of the Lord. How many of you want to walk worthy of your God? Amen. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you. To walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. And then he says it will also help you to be patient, (laughs) long-suffering, and to have joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, said Nehemiah. God's Holy Spirit, when he lives freely on the inside of you, will give you a joy that goes beyond human understanding. You can be in the midst of turmoil and tragedy and chaos, but you can still know the joy of the Lord because the power of God is there on the inside of you. You can read the rest of that verse yourself. Power and strength for what? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was preparing and praying this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me, some of you, you've lost hope. You've lost hope in your marriage. You've lost hope in your family. You've lost hope in your finances. You've lost hope that God would ever use you. The Bible says this, that you may overflow with hope. Some of you have said it will never happen. God says, yes, it will. Some of you have said it's beyond hope. God says, it's never beyond hope. And the power of the Holy Spirit fills you right now. Not with some empty wish. Not with some dream up there, you know, you've had too much pizza to eat last night and you had this crazy dream. But with the hope of God's word resonating on the inside of you. God has said it. I believe it. He will do it. That strength that fills us with hope. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, not in my own strength, through Christ who strengthens me. What does that say? Well, Paul, in, this, in the context of this scripture, he said, I've learnt, I've learnt to, that when there are times I've had plenty, I'm content. When there's times I've had nothing, I'm still content. I've been, I've been the flavor of the month. I've been featured on the, the most modern Christian magazine as the, as the greatest apostle of all time. And I've been thrown in prison. But I'm still relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit because I know that in Christ I can do all things. You see, our strength, our stability, our success is not based upon external circumstances. How many of you know that they change? Just like the weather. And if we go by external circumstances, one day we feel 100%. The next day we feel minus 100. But our strength is based upon a constant, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit that indwells within us. And empowers us for life. Paul says, finally, 
Don't get too excited. I've got one more scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So, can we imagine what our life would be like if we lived in the strength of the Holy Spirit? Can we imagine the difference it would make in our homes? In our workplaces? In our family? In our relationships? In our service for God? Can we imagine the difference it would make to our whole life? Here's the best news so far. We don't have to imagine. Here's the truth. It can be a reality. I'm not preaching to you some mystic pie in the sky. Some unachievable, unreachable, unattainable concept that when you have been a Christian for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, I'm not talking about myself, then you can attain and you can plug into this power. Uh Uh-uh. I'm talking about the person that got saved five minutes ago has access to this strength of God, this mighty power, this ability that empowers us to do absolutely everything that God asked us to. We can live in the victory. We can live in that place of success. We can live in that place of overcoming when we tap into the the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a reality. You don't have to deserve it to attain to it. You don't have to earn it to work for it. You've got the Holy Spirit. My friend, you simply have to believe it and act upon it. God has given us all that we need pertaining to life and godliness. We have the Holy Spirit. I want to finish with this scripture. Did you get it this morning? Do you feel God's encouraged you? Can you sense that, that there is hope, that there is strength that God has given to you already that you can avail yourself of to live in that place of victory? Oh, I pray that God will impart this as a truth to you. Our, our opening scripture was this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Read this with me, not not out loud, but just read it on screen. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, I pray that you may have power together with all the saints, so that you can grasp how wide and how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And that you may know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled fully that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Not part measure. The fullness of God. And that's my prayer for us today. That we may be filled with 
all the fullness of God. Not just that we may be filled, that we may know it, that we may experience it, that we may desire to see that power, that strength in our lives every day. He says now to him who is able to do, and I love this, immeasurably, more than we can ask or imagine. So you may be sitting there thinking about how the power of God can change your life. And and Paul says, now listen to this, to him who is able to do immeasurably beyond and more than you could even begin to imagine, according to his power at work in us, to him be the glory in the church, through Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Can you stand to your feet with me and say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Father, we stand before you this morning and we acknowledge our utter dependency upon you. We know full well that in our own strength we are so weak, so limited. But Father, thank you that this morning you have shown us from your word that you have given us your own Holy Spirit to dwell inside us, to empower us, to fill us with all your fullness that we may be more than overcomers through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, that we may go out of this place not hyped up with some fake, false doctrine, but filled with all the fullness and the power of God, that we may see a change in our life and that through us you may bring change in other people's lives as well. Father, we give you all the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.